Welcome to the Chasing Brighter podcast, a show about self-discovery and lifestyle tips for moms. We are your hosts. I'm Kelly, a wife, mom of two, and an independent consultant with my own company in Chicago. And I'm Jessica, mom of three, and owner of my own outpatient mental health practice in Nevada. You're about to go on a journey of self-discovery as we chase a brighter you. Every single week, we will bring you new episodes that will cover everything from lifestyle and tips to more serious conversations about grief, life, and hardships. Whether it's a duo episode or we have a guest, you are guaranteed to pick up a new tool or feel less alone. This one is for the moms that have forgotten how to make time to keep their spark alive. Allow this show to be a reminder to always keep chasing a brighter version of you. Let's get into it. In today's episode, we interview Jessica Medellin. We talk with her about her book, First Moon Manual, Letters to Our Daughters. It is a beautifully illustrated compilation of letters, art, poetry, affirmations, and more that celebrate the power of menstruation and promote period positivity. Jessica is an author and speaker who is particularly passionate about advocating for youth and following your dreams. She believes everyone should live their best life. All right, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. We can't wait to hear all about your book and your journey. So what we wanted to do is even just start with that. Tell our listeners about how you started on this journey writing your book. Oh, thank you so much, Kelly. I'm so excited to be here. So how I started this journey is, what do you do? Do you go back to high school or do you start like when your daughter had her first period? And I think that initially we have to talk about how high school molded my own view of my period and my menstrual cycle and how volatile that became in my own life. Uh-huh. To really understand the journey of how now I am trying to empower young women to love their period and really embrace self-love. So when I had just started, I was in junior high. I was a later starter than most of my friends. So I was probably 13 or 14 in, I'm going to guess, seventh or eighth grade. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly. I'm a Gen Xer, right? We didn't have Facebook back then. Those are all like my memories pop up every year. Yeah, it helps. Definitely helps. Still helps. And I was sitting in the girls' locker room and I was on my period and the main girl who was mean to everyone, the bully walked in and she says, ugh, who is on their period? And we all looked at each other. I'm in the girls' locker room. So looking back, like probably half the girls were on their period. But of course, yeah, Yeah, because they're all on the same schedule, pretty much. Like you remember learning all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm sitting there mortified because I had started and she, and somebody was like, how do you know somebody's on their period? She's like, oh, I can smell it. And they were like, oh yeah, there's a smell. So immediately one of my first experiences is shame, right? Just this shame, yeah. of the, the smell and the time of the month. And I thought about that as my daughter was born. And when she was born, I knew that I needed her to have one vastly different experience than I did. Throughout my life, my menstrual cycle was heavy and there was a lot of pain involved i ended up having two tubal pregnancies ectopic pregnancies i ended up wow. having lesion and then i eventually had a hysterectomy and knowing what i know now i would have never agreed to that because if i'm only 44 this really important piece of my life my body is missing so when she turned 13 i knew i wanted her to have just a different experience and i had watched there was this silly commercial i don't know if you guys remember or have seen it 
it was this girl who wanted to start her period. So she painted her pad with like cherry nail polish. And the mom just goes all out. She like gets decorations. She invites grandma and grandpa over. They have like a vagina cake. Like they have all these things. And the girl's mortified. She's like, why are you doing this to me? And I didn't, and the girl finally goes to her mom. She's like, well, I didn't really start. And she's I know periods don't have glitter. Like a first period mom. <laughs> and I remember seeing that commercial of just laughing and thinking it was so funny. And I was like, but I really want my daughter to celebrate her body and her menstrual cycle and this like coming into what will be life-changing. Well, eventually if she wants to have children, it will bear children for her. Yeah. Important piece of her life. So I talked to a couple of friends and one of them suggested like having a first moon party, but we were in COVID. Like, so there was no, there was no parties. Yeah. yeah. There was only, and it was the beginning of COVID, right? Um, COVID started in March of 2020 when we went into lockdown. We were at April. So we yeah. weren't even in the part where we were like, okay, we could probably still do this safely. Like we were still on the holy cow. I said, turn it upside down right now yeah i ended up reaching out to friends and family and asking them for letters and and asking them for letters of advice and support and the outpouring that we got was just beautiful and as bella and i sat and read those letters together we were both in tears oh my gosh 13 and she was in tears like crying about like the love and the support that came to her oh i love that that's the best but that's the best idea was, I, I think that's so beautiful of women, right? Or I don't know if it was just women, but of people gathering. Women. Yeah, women gathering to support a young woman. It was just, it was beautiful and moving and and it was all the things that I wish I had. And I knew in that moment, I wanted every young girl to feel that way. And as a matter of fact, I wanted every woman to feel that love supported and held when it came to her menstrual cycle. Yeah. So that's how the idea was born for the first moon manual. I started to reach out to women across Instagram, probably almost cringily, <laughs> asking for letters that support young women. And what ended up was 24 beautiful, amazing, talented women who contributed letters, art, poetry to this uh, manual that I created. That's the story where it started. It's, a, it's very beautiful. I don't have a copy with me yet but i am just amazed at how gorgeous the book is too did you always have like even just thinking about publishing a book like how did that come about for you so back in 2016 i self-published a book that is not on the market right now because i cringe a little bit that was 10 years ago before i came into <laughs> a lot of different thoughts but it was called How to Be Your Husband with Other Woman. And, and it's, uh, it was supposed to be funny. <laughs> I had a lot of women get very mad at me over the title. <laughs> it was supposed to be funny and sarcastic, right? It was, it was like, yeah. so I'd already gone through the self-publishing, right? I had already done it. I had worked on it. I majored in journalism, communications as my undergrad, mm -hmm. technical writing. My master's degree was in teaching with curriculum instruction design was my master's degree oh wow and so i had been teaching students who were who had a harder time like learning just like sitting down in a desk reading a book learning and i took a lot of those principles and included it in the first moon manual i wanted it to be easy i wanted it to be digestible 
I wanted everyone to be able to connect with it and feel like it was written just for them. So I wanted it to be easy, digestible. I wanted it to have space for them to reflect and to create their own stuff and to record their own thoughts, what was happening with their bodies. So that's yeah, how... It, it looks, it's a beautiful journal in that way. And I love how it feels flexible, right? You can make it what you want. And that's part of everyone, each young woman having their own journey, which was really amazing too. Yeah. I, in, in preparation for speaking with you today, I was looking up menstrual cycles and periods being stigmatized and shame and thinking about my own experience. And so I, I would like to hear a little bit more about that. But just for my own kind of interpretation of it, I was thinking about I started my period very young, so I was still in grade school. So there was no way for me. There was no system set up in a grade school for me to dispose of sanitary napkins because <laughs> the toilets were like six inches off the ground. It was a little school. And I just remember trying to get my pad, my backpack that was hung up in the classroom, stick it really fast and my little uniform skirt, trying oh, to get to the bathroom and throw it away so no one would know because I developed so early. And so that's what I think about when you're thinking about shame of just not wanting anybody to know what was happening because no one was going through it at the time. It's just interesting. And we look back and I think as we age, we talk about this a lot in Chasing Brighter, but our culture of being a woman and being smaller and being quiet. And it's like that intro of starting to begin. I don't want anybody to see me. Yes. Yes. And how sad that our society, my my whole like catchphrase, I guess, it's been like 50% or more of our population will have, has, or has had a period. Like, it's why are we not talking about this more, or at least making it more normal? The tides are changing for when, I don't know if I will do right now, it's much younger than me, but when I was Gen X, we're Gen X in our 40s. Okay. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Like, when I was younger, yeah, there, we, you did not talk about it. There was no conversation. I had a great mom who was very open with me. I don't remember her shaming me or being secret over anything. But the, the kids were, the kids were different and it just wasn't. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was about being as discreet as humanly possible. And anybody, any girl who like bled through, we were, we went to Catholic school. So even like we had uniforms, or whatever, but if you bled through and stuff, like you might as well just die. Cause that was like the worst possible thing. And you'd have to go home and all these things. It was terrible. And in hindsight, like it really, and it depended on the support system. I think in high school or junior high slash high school for us, I think there was a decent, I think the teachers would have been pretty mm -hmm. supportive depending on who we got. Right. Jess, you think Mrs. Robel or somebody would have been totally fine with this, but regardless, the kids, to your point, the kids are the part that weren't nice. And even just having kids now, I think, like you were saying, you don't want to be called out any way, shape or form. And as much as you tell, like in hindsight, if I could tell my little seventh grade self, when a bully says something like that to me that I'm like, yeah, so what? And moved on. But instead, we all, it just feels like our world comes crumbling down. And it's so hard for especially girls that age to like really own that as a power. It feels like for whatever reason, we feel like it's a disability instead of a superpower or like culturally it, and like yeah, it's, flipping the script on that. And that's where I'd like to talk a little bit more about how you talk to your daughter. I love these letters. I miss this opportunity. 
very similarly, my, my daughter started her period during lockdown and she was, it was all covid and weird for those years. But anyway, I'm trying, we talk a lot on the podcast about us trying to be sex positive and be different. And so I remember for my daughter, when she was going into middle school, I don't know if I read it or what, but I wanted her to have a little kit. And so we talked about it and we got some pads and we I talked about how to use them. And I remember a girl was in a stall next to her and was like, I just started my period. And my daughter was like, I have something right here. So she was like, she had not, my daughter not started her period yet, but was so excited to help somebody else because I had given her that <laughs> knowledge. And so I thought that yeah. was cool that we had that and we had prepared. But it, I talked a little bit about it, like you becoming a woman and that's how you can procreate and, and whatnot. But I would love to hear how the messaging yeah. that, that you shared with your daughter. Okay. The messaging that I gave my daughter was very much, actually, there's a letter in my book. So do you mind if I give you a couple no, of the things do. that I, and this is oh, what man. we really try and live by every day in our household. And I'm so blessed to be married to a man that's very aware and very positive when it comes to our bodies and very supportive. So I, when I wrote my letter, I made some promises and I said, specifically, I promise that when you are emotional, I'll do my best to allow you to sit with those emotions and not react in the moment. If I do, I will come back and apologize if I need to. I think that's one of the big things with teenagers is teens get a bad rap. And I, I hate that. I always hated that people would tell me like, oh, wait till your daughter's a teenager and she's so moody. And I was like, that's just so not fair. They're going through so much, right? Like, they're learning to be adults. They're getting an onslaught of hormones like all at once. So it's so unfair that when they snap or yell at us and they're at their end, that we're like mean. And I didn't want to be that way to her. So I really try not to be. I'm not perfect. There's yeah. times when I'm like, it's no. hard. It's yes, hard when they're not is. nice to you and it's hard to. It is hard. Yeah. And, and we react because we have emotions too. I will watch my more words around you, stereotypes and mean words such as moody, emotional, are you on your rag, bitch, and all those others will not be tolerated. I will not use them and I will also call to task anyone else who uses these words around you. So we really try to keep everything very positive and not be negative with our words. Yeah. I will stay body positive about my own body. Though this one is harder for me, if you were to love your body and yourself just as you are, then the woman you spend the majority of your young life with, me, needs to love herself just as fiercely. That one's really hard for me. I'm on the heavier side and I struggle. But through this whole journey with her, I've come to just love my body so much. And she calls me to task when I say something. She says, mom, don't talk about my mom that way. I will say no when it comes to unhealthy decisions, even though my first instinct is to give you whatever you want. That has been true since the day you were born. But I realized that real love is teaching you to feel like your best self. And that includes eating to nourish your body and reduce bloat and acne, exercising and moving regularly and resting when you need it. And that's hard because when she says, I just want Takis and a soda and I'm like, you're not feeling good, though. Is that the best mm -hmm. decision? And yeah. I get that because I love my comfort food. Too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I will hold you to a kindness standard when speaking about other women. Yes, our friends and family and other women in our lives will irritate us, but we will always view them through the best lens possible. We will reframe our own thoughts as needed to ensure our story is full of love and kindness. This is so important because it's so easy 
for girls our kids' age, especially, to come home and talk about girls or say things that are negative. And and I do. I stop her every time and I say, what is she going through? Is that really the appropriate way to talk about another female? She gets so mad at me, but we do. We have to reframe it because yeah. we just can't continue to be females and talk about each other this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just not empowering to anybody. I will spend the extra money to purchase organic and reasonable feminine products to make sure you have the healthiest female experience possible. And I will love you. I will love you as your whole self in the partner you choose and the clothes you wear and in the education and work you decide to pursue. I will love every single bit of all of it because all of it is you and you are of me. I love that. That's absolutely beautiful. That. How long yeah. did it take you? I'm getting teary. How long did it take you to write that? That's very thoughtful and very... So funny story is that my editor was um, piecing together all the stuff. I I hired an editor who was amazing, Erin, and I actually asked her to write a letter also. She didn't have any daughters, but in her own process of writing the letter, she was able to process through so much of her own mm-hmm. experience with her menstrual cycle. And... We, which is why this book is, yes, it's for young girls starting. So many women who told me like they've needed it. They're, they're repairing their own relationship with their menstrual cycle. I have 20-year-olds telling me, I still need this. I need this now. I need to be able to go through this. It's just, it's been really amazing. So Erin's reading through it. She's piecing it all together and putting it in a way that makes sense. <laughs> and she says, Jessica, what's missing? And I was like, what? <laughs> she said, your letter. Oh, okay. So I had to sit down and and think it out. And I don't think it took me that long because it is, you asked me what my messaging to my daughter is. That's what it is. I just wrote out what my messaging is to her on a consistent basis. Yeah. Did either of you read The Red Tent? Yes, I was thinking about that too. She was given The Red Tent and through these podcasts every day I'm like I need to go find that book and open it because I think it's so important so have you read it yes, yes. okay I have not I need to well, read, we it. read so it, it back yeah. in the days of like book clubs starting out I probably I, read it 20 years ago to yeah. be honest with you but what I remember about it was it it was during biblical times and when women were on their period they would have to be separated from everybody and which we might think because they were like unclean but in the book it was like wonderful because they were together and so it was actually a wonderful they would have treats and be together and celebrate and so celebrate instead of femininity about it, yeah like they didn't have to be around the misogyny of the time yes. and that's what it reminds me of is women coming together and lifting up women and mm-hmm. we talk a lot about the programming or the taming and I think about that because even though I 100% agree with you, and I know that to be true, I can get clicked back into the programming. You know what I mean? And I do, like, on the one hand, it annoys me like no other when someone's like, oh, are you PMSing? Are you going to have your period? Or I know how you are because you're going to have your period soon. And on the other hand, I have a daughter who I notice behavioral changes the week before her cycle. <laughs> So right. I, then I live with someone. I'm like, oh, you actually can see those changes in moods. But I also have two boys who have changes in moods, who have hormonal fluctuations, and we're right. not commenting on it. I, and that's the hard part, right, is that we are programmed to say these things. And I have really tried 
to hone in. If I do notice something, I tell her, I'm like, hey, just pause for a minute. Like, anything going on? And she'll sit there and she'll be like, you know what? I think I'm going to start my period sooner. Okay, now I know how to react, right? Now I know that some things I just got to let go. We can continue to be like upset over a tone or something that's said, or we can continue or we can just be the bigger person. And it's so hard hard to be the adult sometimes because we think, oh, respect and and we're programmed. We're programmed as people also to like demand certain things. And and it's not like I said, I'm not always perfect. There are times when I'm like, oh, no, I can't do this today. But I think it's like what you're talking about is also having that compassion because I'll talk with my daughter and I'm not perfect at all. And so sometimes I'll use the words like asshole and I'll be like, yeah, you're, you're being an asshole to me. And yeah. then she'll say, I, and I'm not, I don't say it like yelling, but I'm like, do you even know what's happening? And then she's like, I don't even know what I'm saying sometimes. And then I feel terrible. And I was like, I do understand if it's a cycle thing, we'll talk about it. Like, I understand And I myself personally, I have PMDD. And so I, over these past few years, I have. And so it is sometimes like uncontrollable, right? Where like I get like rages or like feeling depressed or a major drop in self-esteem. But I do talk to my kids about it and I'll say, hey, look, this is a mental health disorder. This is how I'm feeling. And this is what's happening for me and giving them words for it. And then also to have that compassion when they might be going through their own kind of hormonal fluctuations. So many hugs for you because I have, you're the third person now. I have one friend who was diagnosed and I talked to another podcaster who has PMDD and I just know that you guys were already dealing with something that's so hard and then to have something just really disrupt your life like that. I just. It's empowering if this makes sense to know you're not crazy. And I'm a mental health therapist and I have had a lot of clients find that diagnosis with their doctor because they'll like for women that I see, they'll be like, I'm going to get a divorce. I hate my partner. I can't. It would be like, hey, we're noticing this pattern that all of a sudden you're very depressed or all of a sudden you're very irritable. And let's explore that. Talking about stigmatism and shame in the medical field, well, I'll, I'll have clients and what they're told by doctors when I think it's hormonal and cyclical related. And so I have a lot of my clients track their period and track their cycle because I'm like, let's just track that a little bit because they'll be like, oh, I'm depressed or I must have cancer. I'm dying because I'm really tired and fatigued. I'm like, let's just track that a little bit and see. We're not taught to track and notice and see. And then I have people who think they're dying or they're depressed or so that's also interesting. Just went off on a tangent. Oh, that's perfect because it's perfect because so I have period tracking in the back where you can make notes and it's all blank so you can start and it's very much where you can start your own ways. You could start at the beginning of the month and just track your whole month or you could start at the beginning of your period. My periods were every three months. That would have been helpful just to start at the beginning of my period. Mm -hmm. But right after is the most important part. And this is what it's reflection questions. There are questions like, Things that make me feel better or feel worse. Questions I have about my body, new feminine products, but my hardest emotions to deal with, any unusual pain, and then foods that make you feel good and not so good. So these questions are so important for our young girls. And that's what my hope is that they can start. Getting in tune with our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. What's amazing about that as well is from a health and wellness perspective, all of us being aware, I'm already training both of my boys on like, 
how do you feel? Does that make you feel like crap? Don't eat bad stuff and being more aware of what your body is telling you. And then as a woman, I think some of what like some people get pregnant right away. Some women get pregnant right away when they start trying. And some people, it takes a little bit longer. And I feel like it took me a little bit longer than I was expecting. And I feel like part of that was I didn't fully understand my body. So I found out through my own super sleuthing that I my cycle was like 26 days. So if I was trying to like hone in on the science of like my ovulation and stuff, it wasn't what all the books said or all the things said. And the thing that's frustrating with all that when you do start to want to be prepared to conceive is it's you got to wait a whole other month now, girl, because you missed your window. And it's and so having women, young women, especially start to own that and be aware of that and know how to track it, too, because realistically, I was buying books when I'm like 25, 26, 27, because I didn't know it would be like, oh, I'm getting I'm feeling cramps. Oh, crap. I'm bleeding. Like there wasn't as much of a there's a lot of data that we can track today. We're data people, a data culture now in that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hope that, and that's why. So my friend who's going to, who has PMDD is starting this January 1st. She's in her forties. She needs to repair her relationship with her cycle because it's been so the whole time. Yeah. And, and that was the point is that I'm in my forties. I'm a Gen Xer. Like I never got in tune and people are talking about like your intuition and all these things. And I've been told so much that my intuition's wrong or that I'm wrong or whatever, even when I'm right and my intuition tells me I'm right or in my gut, I know I'm right. And so I wanted to just empower my daughter to really get in tune with her body and really understand what was going on and have her be able to listen to herself and her body and just know that it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Like I just, I love that we're tapping into ourselves. Because we can who talked about that. I think it was, I think I saw Jane Fonda on an interview and I believe, I think she was sexually abused when she was like 12 and she said her head disconnected from her body, her brain disconnected from her body. And it wasn't until recently that she was able to like connect her brain and heart back together. And so I do think that can happen to us over the life cycle when various even traumas happen. Mm-hmm. And so... How do we stay in tune with ourselves and continuing that mind-body connection? Yeah, absolutely. I want to go back to the red tent because somebody was saying the same thing. They're like, oh, can you believe that in some cultures they still send women away? And I just said, let's just reframe that for a bit. Can you imagine if you were sent away and you don't have to do any of the like work that everybody's got to do and you get to just be on your own? And I know that in some parts, it's still shamed. And I know that it, that yeah. some tribes or, or things did it out of shame. I'm aware of that. And I'm aware that also gives women time to rest. It gives them time away. It gives them time that they don't have to deal with all the BS that's going on. They don't have to cook. Yeah. They don't have to well, clean. Isn't that beautiful that our cycles sink? Yes. So there's something that's really fascinating that you say that because it's like, what's that about? And then maybe we there's an opportunity there for us to gather and celebrate that. Yes. And talking about sinking, that's why it's called first moon manual, because we have moon cycles. If it's every 28-ish days, you would have 13, just like the moon. And and there are books now out on like where if your cycle runs on whatever it runs on. So if it if you come on the new moon, the waning moon, <laughs> all the things, there's um, meaning behind it. It's really quite beautiful. That's cool. Really, yeah. I want to explore that yeah. more. 
Yeah. It's That's very, very cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like when we are in tune, like when we talk about PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, I just think it like what we're talking about when we're talking about being in tune. Otherwise, we just are untethered. We're just flitting around, going from here to there and not knowing what might be happening. And that's messaging to us that we need to care for ourselves in different ways. And I love being able to talk with the young girls in our lives about that. And it's funny, this I, this generation, I talk a lot. That's my experience with this little Gen Z, my particular experience with my children. They're really empathic and in tune and wonderful. And I said something to my daughter and she was like, oh, I've got a, I've got a period tracking app. I'm like, look at you. She got that like right away. And I thought that was so cute. And have you heard this story? I would love for my boys to respond this way. But there was this story going around on social media. I don't know if you've heard this about a little girl whose period bled all the way through. And she was like, let's say she was a sixth grader on the bus getting off. And an eighth grade boy stood up and wrapped his sweatshirt around her and whispered, don't worry, I have three sisters. And so this, I'm going to cry because I'm such a loser. But anyway, this mom was like, whoever raised this young boy who gave my daughter their sweatshirt, I just want to praise you. And I'm like, I want to raise young men that are aware of other girls' cycles and periods and would have that compassion and understanding and be able to provide that comfort to another young woman because I thought that story was so beautiful. So that just landed in my Instagram inbox today and I actually reposted it. It was like, we need to be raising our sons also, like definitely. And I hope that my sons are being raised that way. And, And yeah, because if you don't, if you're not the 50% of the population that will have, has, or has had a period, you're the 50% that came from a period. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that it's not too gross or look at someone that you're hopefully raising them to have compassion and understanding because you're right. That's the cycle of life and that's how we all got here. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, absolutely. The question about the pain, one of my colleagues, when she was reading through the book, she says, oh, had I, she's this question so important. Had I been tracking that pain, we would have known I had endometriosis so much sooner. And yeah, so it's so important to, no matter how they're tracking it, they need to track this. And I know that I want to create more manuals that are female empowered. So Mm -hmm. I have submissions up on my website for new moms. I think just New moms are just stri- like, it's a That's struggle. Like, yes. idea. Yeah. Again, those, I, I just love that idea of gathering the letters and the support from other women. I think that's so beautiful. I agree. And I, and I love that you're putting together these powerful and empowering resources so we can help young women feel confident and comfortable with themselves and their menstrual cycle. Yes. Yeah. And I think going even some of these other like life stages or seasons of life for women, it it's so easy to feel alone. And in trying to, I think it's great because you're giving giving them a sense of belonging, a sense of this is something that you share with other people. And and I think really inspiring if you did like new moms or any other stages, I think that's amazing to think about because part of this is And I don't know if you guys feel this way or even for, I think Jess and I just in our own Chasing Brighter journey where we're very fortunate that we have a great support system, but some people don't have that great of support systems either. And also the more support systems, the merrier, right? You can never have too many. And having a book like this is such a great resource to have that, to have a support system 
when you don't have other people maybe to help you out. Yeah. Yeah. I think especially right now we are islands, right? So many people are working from home. And then I think about, I'm like so many moms were stay at home moms for so long. And I maybe never even realized just, we become these like little islands and it does end up feeling like you're alone. So I want to tackle issues that we don't always talk about. And maybe we don't even talk about on our social circles because we think that it's not relevant, but actually everyone's going through the same thing. That's the consistent message I get. Yeah, 100%. And some women are ready to be inspired and some aren't. Some are hit or miss depending on the topic. It's hard. Things are hard, as Glennon Doyle says. And it, it is at a moment where people sometimes don't want to think about those dark times or those challenging things. And I am just made me a T-shirt for Christmas a couple of years ago that says, I'm fine. Every, I'm OK. It's fine. Everything's fine. And that's me. And I joke about that so much now because no, nobody's really fine. Everyone's got things and challenging things that they're going through and trying to be aware of that. Yeah. And having it, people like us who are living authentically and okay with being vulnerable, it gives other people permission to start exploring that part of yeah, themselves. That's a good as way well. to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's funny you say that because my saying is it's fine, everything's fine. And then I follow it up with, little fires everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. that. I like that. Uh, at the end of my letter to my daughter, it says, because when we live in our authentic selves and I give you permission, you give other women permission to live that way also. So, yeah. Yeah. That's Unbelievable. So beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And and yeah. what a, a perfect way to end today's interview. That That is so beautiful and so perfectly said. Thank you so much for being on. This was amazing. And to, to your point, thank you for being vulnerable and writing this book and all the things that you're doing to promote it. I love all of your videos on TikTok. They're amazing. And it's hard for us women to put ourselves out there. And we just tend to judge ourselves. And you're just doing so awesome. So thank you. And love this book, First Moon Manual. If you have young women, especially moms out there, this is a fantastic gift. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear our latest episodes as soon as they drop. If you love today's episode, please share with another mom. And while you're there, it would be great if you gave us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to know more about Kelly and I, want to find more of our blogs, tips, tools, resources, check that out at chasingbrighter.com. And we interact with you on Instagram and Facebook at Chasing Writer. Thanks. We'll be here next week.